0: Welcome, everybody. This is Get to KO, being presented by Franken Culture. I am your host. Clifford Red Dog Miller, and as always, I have Anthony Lu Lu He will actually be joining us later in the broadcast. Today, we have some special guests for you guys to talk to. One of our newest members, you guys may have heard her on Frankensteiner, so the WWE promotion that we're doing. Uh, Welcome, Julie, to the air. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Hello, everybody.
0: So Julie is an, an you avid it, okay? you are an avid MMA fan. I know that we were talking about it actually on Frankensteiner yes. and we had the cheap plug with Marty and Marty was
1: yeah,
0: not, yeah, I totally <laughs> called you out the really moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> called you out the moment. Are you gonna plug this?
0: Yep, yep, one hundred percent I was. And I was like, this but, is a, this is the real thing.
1: <laughs> right. You do what you gotta do, man. That's how that works.
0: Yep. And also with us, we have the amateur lightweight champion in the state of Florida, my good buddy. Uh we were in the Air Force together for a long time out in uh, Hawaii. Guys, welcome to the air Justin Ghost Starks.
2: What's up? What's up? What's up? Hope everybody's doing well. Yo, it
0: is it is so cool to be able to connect with you, man, and get you on the air. So, I'm hyped. Uh we tried to do this previously before, but there was a huge error in recording. Uh I sense remedied that. Fall that hole in the ground. So to have you back uh, doing this with us, and then officially have you back on the air for the first time, man. This is gonna be fly. I'm excited to have you on.
2: Good man. I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right. So we're gonna jump in right quick. We're gonna just talk about UFC 231. Uh, this was a massive, massive card. This was I don't know probably one of my favorite cards. Uh, me personally, I'm a huge fan of Hawaiian fighters. It it really doesn't matter who it is, whether it was Cri- Kendall Grove, BJ Penn, uh Travis Brown, Max Holloway, uh I just there's a list of people who I just just admire that are right, right. out there. So it was definitely cool to see this fight. We're gonna start from we're gonna start from the prelims, uh, and then we're gonna work up. I know there was the UFC fight pass. Normally we'll cover them. This time I just wanna kinda breeze through these guys. Uh we did have Theodore versus Anders that did go split decision 29 28 28 yes. 29 29 28. Uh actually this was this next fight was actually one of Julie's favorite fights as we were talking before we actually started recording. She was talking about how much she loves uh Jessica I and the yes. Chuck Bagano uh, Chuk Mugano, uh Mugano fight. Uh this was a decision. It was by split 29 28 28 29 29 28. So Julie, kind of fill us in. You were talking about some of your favorite moments right off the bat. So go ahead and fill us in with that.
1: Yeah, I was saying that uh this is a, a different weight class for Jessica, and I was I was really looking forward because she's been winning the last couple fights in this weight class. So uh I I knew right out the gate she had the fire. She's been complaining that not so much complaining, but really being vocal about wanting to just step up and just be somebody and so moving in this weight class i was i was really excited to see just more and more of her so the moment i watched that when they called the the beginning of the fight and she got in that stance and she sunk down and she had that look i was like okay she's serious she is super serious so i i mean she her striking was good i i loved watching i mean she kept keeping her, her blocking was good she kept keeping to herself so she couldn't wasn't leaving herself open so i was i was really impressed at her at this weight class so i've been wanting to see her i want to see her more i want to see her just i want to see her dominant here i'm 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 really impressed because there was a little bit uh, before where she wasn't doing that well this reevaluation was something that i think was beneficial for her big time
0: Yeah, I think like one of her biggest problems was that she had like such a big cut and it would just like drain her out. And I know just guys, she has like, she's like one of the greatest features about her aside from her wrestling is just her strength. Like she just is really, really, really strong and you know, and Justin, you can kind of attest to this too, that when you have such a huge cut, you sacrifice that muscle and that strength for that advantage in the weight class. And uh, it's 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 a tough thing to kind of deal with, but knowing Jessica when she goes up a weight class, like she's a lot fuller. She's she's not cutting as much. She's not losing much muscle muscle mass, um, but she's more dangerous in that weight class.
2: Yeah, I agree. And uh, looking at the, the the bigger contestants in the in the flyweight bout, um, it, it was kind of like the same thing that I was expecting from Joanna. Um, you know, with her moving up, you know, and having that extra ten pounds to play around with, um, but the weight cut itself man that's like in my opinion it's honestly the toughest part about fighting um yeah you get in the cage but at, you know at the end of the day when the cage locks behind you it's like you know it's like a glorified sparring session now the weight cut is that's what basically determines how you're going to perform in the cage so you know having having that little bit of extra weight uh is it's huge um so i mean the same thing especially when it comes from a grappler man like with high level grapplers when they have that, you know that that few extra pounds to play around, with, man, you can feel it, you know, in the cage. And you, know? you being a, a wrestler yourself, Cliff. I'm sure, man, you can feel anytime you're on the mat with somebody who had, you know, a four or five pound advantage on you. Uh, so it's, you know, especially at these guys' level, man, with grappling, that weight makes a huge difference. And so does that weight cut.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, man. Like one of the craziest things is like as we kind of get down to the cards, we're gonna talk about like some of those advantages and disadvantages because. Let's be real man like we watch uh Daniel Cormier uh cut down to 205 and we used to talk about him like you don't got the power you're not a hard hit you're not a heavy hitter you can't handle it at 205 and then he goes to 245 and he knocks out Stipe Mikov- you know Mikovic and that was a massive moment cuz he even said it right. he talked about it numerous times like I've got my power back. I can hit harder. I'm better at this weight class. And we were like, yeah, whatever bullshit. And he was right. <laughs> we were all like, yeah, he wasn't bullshitting yep, we, about that at all. We paid that one. <laughs> all right, Well, right, let's keep going. So we got Burns versus Albina uh, Mercier, which ended in decision 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Uh, Ana Sonora versus uh, Galileo. So Claudia is actually one of my favorite fighters as well. So, it was kind of tough to watch her uh, take the L for this one. 29-28 29-28, 29-28, and that as well. That was a unanimous decision. But I want to really get into this. this this first fight on the main card, right? Because oh my, we're on yes. a chat room, we're on a chat room together. In case you guys don't know, and our chat room exploded with the <laughs> Santos Jimmy Manua fight. So let's get into this, right? So it was a second round KO. Uh, it it just looked like guys just wanted to stand and just trade and just throw as many bombs as they could. Um, Justin, yeah. what was um what was your key moment in that fight that you saw that? maybe you were like, I could I could take advantage of this situation too.
2: So, I don't think there was a necessarily a key moment. I think uh, the way that Santos came out there and set the pace, um, I thought that was huge. Uh, Manoa, I think, you know, was coming out there and looking to have, like, some more time to get acclimated into the fight. You know, maybe feel Santos out a little bit, and Santos wasn't having no part of it. Uh, immediately came out, uh, swing up for the fences, huge haymakers. Um... Dropped Manoa in the first round. However, Manoa recovered, and he recovered very, very, uh, 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 in a very well planned manner, um, in my opinion. He went to the clinch, uh, which is one of his strong positions, and uh, he landed some huge shots in the clinch, too. Um, so that kind of made Santos, you know, kind of back away and start to respect that distance.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. One of the things I did like was the fact that Santos went up from 185 to 205 to fight this fight. And it goes back to what we were talking about, right? When you have a big cut and you lose a lot of your body weight as well as your muscle mass, your power goes right with it. And so what we saw was, you know, Santos come back. He goes up a weight class. He gets that extra 15 or 10 pounds to kind of play with, as you were talking about earlier, Justin. And he just is delivering heavy, heavy bombs. And uh, there was, there was... Jimmy Jimmy Minua is one of those guys that like you watch him fight and you're like, you know, he's got power, he's got great striking ability, but if he gets into an into an octagon with a guy who is a pure striker, he quickly runs from that part of his game. So we're going to jump over um Dewadu versus uh Buk I know I'm going to slaughter that name. Uh, I
1: did th- I did that last night <laughs> trying to say that with my husband. I was like, "Kyle, yeah, but guy guy Bosniak, that makes Boshniak. sense.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um, See so yeah, at least one of us is gonna know what these name how to pronounce these names properly. Right.
1: <laughs> but I I was really looking forward to seeing the Diwadi fight.
0: Yeah, so it was a great it was uh, a split decision, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty twenty seven, thirty twenty seven. I don't, I don't understand
1: that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how that one was a split decision at all. I I mean don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting Bajnyak at all with any of his, his uh with any of his uh his fighting in there. He had a, he had good some good takedowns, he was making sure that he had some good returns, but Hakeem really was a good pressure fighter. Every round he came out just putting the pressure forward. You could tell he was hungry. This was like what his uh third UFC appearance, I wanna say. And I think you could tell that they're they're wanting him to be something for UFC Canada, and I'm for it because he looks hungry. His kicks were nice. I mean, Kyle kept trying to return to chop him down, which especially in the first round he kept doing that, which is is important if you're going to keep getting lifted like that. Try to get, get the legs, get the legs. You're gonna it's gonna it's gonna mess their stance up. But the one thing that I noticed, and I know that I noticed that the commentator said it too, was that weird shorts thing that he kept doing, where he kept grabbing the left pant leg that that tick I don't know what it is but there was nothing that came after it if something came after it I could understand but that did not help him because every time he did it you could see Duadu go okay I that's where I got to come in he almost timed a lot of his his hits to just go right in there I mean there was a few like he just Boom, immediate swelling because Kyle's mind was on, for some reason, messing with his pant leg. I never understood that one.
0: Yeah, it was kind of weird. I I I know, like, watching the fight, I saw that, too, and I was like, yo, I don't. I don't understand why you keep pulling up on your leg like that. that it's not going to help you. And even as uh, Joe said it too, Joe was like, it's not helping him in his kicks. And if it's a problem, no. he probably should switch over to like a performance type short and then get back in the octagon. You know, it just, it just looked like a kick. So the way I kept seeing it and the way I kept thinking about it was this looks like um two kids or this looks like a kid about to get into a street fight right like he's always pulling up on his pants he's yeah the stance. that's how i felt the whole time watching the fight and i was like dude you look sloppy right now like you probably should change to a different type of short that's better for right. you well, and that you can well be more i accustomed think to.
1: well i think also too it was very clear that the was getting the more significant strikes um, and I think that kind of messed with his head a little bit. So I think it almost like that tick just kept coming because he kept, well, what do I do? What do I do? Let me go back. I mean, I know like the third round, I think it was like the, the minute 28 mark, he's Kyle started to look a little bit gassed. And yeah. and and he really should. I, I maybe that's something he needs to work on is his cardio a little bit and figure out what's up with that because Hakeem looked amazing especially that third round especially that third round it it was it was obvious it started to become obvious who was going to win that fight towards the end of the third round what
2: would you guys say about yeah that? uh so i thought it was interesting that bashnyag basically dissected um uh, entire um striking style he basically narrowed it down to the whole dutch kickboxing style you know two to the head two to the head three to the body you know throw the leg kick and you know it was interesting to see. Uh, I was looking at the stats at the end of the fight. had landed thirty-four body shots. So for you to know somebody's style, you know what they're going to come out there and do, and for them to still be able to execute that plan almost perfectly, um, I thought it was thought it was extreme. You know, it was really interesting. Um, Boshniak, I I had him performing a lot better if he was able to get into the clinch or if he was able to get the takedowns. Um, so in the first round, he had that perfectly timed takedown mm-hmm. um and he, he had another going in in the second round the problem is the judges don't really score those uh if if you know the opponent gets it gets right back up which that what you did he got taken down but he, within the next 10 seconds he was right back up boshniak wasn't able to land any significant strikes uh i just think that um Boshnyak, i don't i don't think he necessarily prepare to defend against uh, the high volume from Daoudou. Um And yeah, I, I had that fight being a unanimous decision.
1: Yeah. I, well, also, I think if you notice, I think it was that towards the end of the second round, um, Boczniak was, wasn't really closing his right hand as much. I don't know if it hurt him or what, but he switched his stance up completely. And I don't know if I that kind it. of...
2: I think hmm? Joe Rogan had actually commented that he thought it was broken.
1: Yeah, oh, I he's okay, well, I must admit that. Yeah, that well, that makes absolute sense. Because you could tell that at one point that hand was not closing and there was there was an absolute shift in his game plan. So
0: Yeah, he I pulled know up, if that... he pulled up pretty hard and he just backed away from the whole entire thing. Like you could tell his right hand was was it was in a lot of pain. That's definitely what you yeah. can tell. Yeah. So let's move over, okay? So we're gonna talk about this Gunnar Nelson versus Oliviero fight, right? So cowboy Cowboy came out, he came out swinging, it looked like he was going to dominate this fight, and then just, out of nowhere, man, Gunnar Nelson changed his game plan, got to take down, uh, scored a second round submission, and this was, it was incredible, because <laughs> I was like, I I hadn't written off, I'm not going to lie, after the first round, I was like, man, if, if Oliveira could just keep this up and keep pushing this fight, like, it's, it's going to be nasty for Gunnar, and Gunnar's just going to take a lot, a huge beating. Once Gunnar, uh, got on top from the mountain, dropped that heavy elbow that split his face open. Oh, oh God, Olivia was oh, bleeding nasty. so bad. It was just, it looked yeah, like somebody uh, opened up. Like, who, what did they see? Oh, I was, I was, I made a reference to it. I said it looked like uh, the elevator scene from The Shining. Where oh,
1: yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> the like flowing blood from the elevator. <laughs> oh, well, my God, it was just I, bled well, all Alex over. Alex needed 29. I was reading an article today. He needed 29 stitches for that cut. Cool. 29 God. stitches for that.
2: Yo, you ever dropped an ser- elbow that bad? Have you ever dropped an elbow, elbow ser- that bad,
1: Justin?
2: Not that bad. I have not. <laughs>
1: That's something else. That is something else. That's when your forehead starts talking.
2: Yeah. It was interesting. If you guys paid attention to how he set that up as well, a lot of guys, especially when they're in the guard, They'll drop those elbows, you know, they'll make contact with their opponent's forearm, of course, trying to cover up. But the way that he set that up was so perfect. He controlled uh, Cowboy's wrists, and he did not let go of the wrists when he threw those elbows. He held on to them and he rolled them down yeah. towards, he basically rolled them down Cowboy's center line, down his chest, and then boom, came over to the top. So it's like, it's impossible for you to defend against that. That's why it only took two of them to cut him right. open. And in, in, in my opinion, yeah, the rear naked was was tight, but I think Cowboy was ready to tap before he even got that rear naked sunk in.
1: Well, so he I, tapped, when I was, he tapped well, on the you, rollover
0: like as soon. That's as what I'm saying. Like, I, like I, yeah, I, he, did, yeah, he he, he did didn't it. even
1: have it fully locked yeah, in. Mentally, like mentally, Cowboy
2: was like, I don't want no more. Of this. He's yeah get, take I, I,
1: there's that that one uh they did that one uh replay where you you see him roll in that blood spurt and you he's already over before the it's even fully locked in i think like you're guys saying he was like I, as the roll goes in he's like no please I'm done i'm bleeding i want to go home done we're over done or one I don't want no to see
0: me look like this. I'm just uh I'm yeah. just gonna Ooh. bleed all over. It it reminded me so crazy enough, Julie, and you probably agree to this too. It reminded me like old school WWE. Like we're talking like Oh you know,
1: my god, yeah, know, like, it was it was nasty. Yeah,
0: I just think about like the Shawn Michael days where like he gets busted open and just blood flows like crazy all over his face. That's was, what I was it, well, thinking the whole time. Cause as soon as he rolled over and he looked down it just gushed out, and I was like, "Yo, like that was a, heavy was a obviously it was I a heavy was a,
1: Right, I was a big fan of the the ECW and some of the Japan stuff with the death matches. So, watching that fight, I was like, "Oh, childhood memories," because that was just yeah. Because I mean, like I said, when you watched that one splurt, like uh, that one replay where you saw the blood squirting out of his forehead, I was like. Oh man, I'm glad we decided not to have snacks while watching the pay-per-view today. That was that was a that was a well timed shot, guys. Good job, Fox. I mean, uh yeah, good job. Whatever. It was good. It was good. Yo, I was I really know, proud of that.
0: I don't know if you guys know this or not, right? But um did you know that at one time like Fox had an agreement with the UFC that if there was blood in the during the, the showcase, right, like they had to find a way to cover it up instantly. Like Once the fight ended, they had to cover it up, and so what you ended up seeing was Joe Rogan talked about it a couple times where like they would come out with spray paint and paint over the mat to hide the blood while it's well, oh. you know, I might have soaked it in. He's like, and This is stuff that could just kill you. He's like, And yeah. they're just spraying it right over the top.
1: That's that reminds me of like when WWE, were, how they go to black and white on their video footage yeah (laughs) and they're like oh that's not blood that's chocolate syrup no dude we all know what that liquid coming out of that chick's face is she got busted open we're not dumb like just put a warning but it's it's because of the whole with them it's because of the whole pg 13 and i'm pretty sure with fox is because you get a lot of people complaining and i mean nowadays with a lot of people you know calling and writing and tweeting and hating i mean it's better safe than sorry a lot of stuff which i can understand covering your ass that cya thing's big nowadays Yep.
0: but it was it was a massive massive album, man so let's move over yeah. uh this is like so anthony's favorite fighter i don't know if you guys know this or you guys will learn this too as as he gets on and talks about it uh anthony's favorite fighter at one time was uh joanna jo- uh jokovic right and uh, I think she still mm. is. Um, she does a lot of things in Denver. Like, she loves the Nuggets, and they are always there. She's always there, like, doing fun stuff. So, uh, this was a tough fight for Anthony. I know, like, for him, he was just, like, hurting really bad. Uh, Shershenko versus Joanna. Uh, this was a decision 49-46, 49-46, 49-46. A unanimous decision, as you can see, all towards Valentina. And Valentina... Oh my God, she! I remember watching her at one thirty-five, and she was a beast at one thirty-five. And to watch her drop ten pounds and not really lose that strength was was amazing to see. But then, like on the other side, um, during the and I felt this way during the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. I felt like Joanna, like her cardio was starting to kick in, and well, you could you see could, her strength was coming too. Yeah,
1: well, you could tell in those rounds who's the one that's consistently. Uh, A five round fighter. You know what I mean? Because Joanna, with that cardio, that really helped her. Because I think, like, I think it was like the fourth round, you could see it's not that she was slow, but uh, Valentina's punches were just a little slower. Her kicks were just a little less. um, Not that she didn't have any power, because that spinning back kick that she does, she sus. I do not ever want someone to do that on me because I just cry because it is powerful. But you could see that she yeah. would start – I mean, especially when uh, – was it the fifth round when the ref ended up having to split, uh, separating the two of them when she just held her in that clinch? Mm-hmm. That's when you could tell that Joanna's five-round fighting cardio absolutely helped her out. What do you
2: think, Justin? Yeah, you're talking about spinning a uh, hill case, man. That one from Shevchenko <sighs> – Sent Joanna across the ring like that. Shit, look like it was out of a damn Mortal Kombat video game,
1: (laughs) right? They should use that as a promo for 11.
2: Like, I it it was so ridiculously fast that I actually did not like I think I might have blinked, I'm not even sure, but
0: she's
2: (laughs) so fast. And for her to be able to freaking like adjust and coordinate the positioning of her foot, right? Like, so so accurate and well-timed is it's Ridiculous. That just goes to show like the, the level of strikers that both of them are. Right. Well like, like I think
0: Joe Rogan had mentioned it too. He's like, I don't ever see her feet like give any kind of sign that she's gonna throw that spinning that spinning. There's kick.
2: no tell. There's no tell to her kicks. And it's tough with Joanna too because she's constantly bouncing, 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 bouncing. So you never know when that foot is actually gonna come up. But with with, with Shevchenko, it's like she's just so relaxed and composed. And, you know, she moves so uh, methodologically, mytho- you know, that it's it's just it's, – it's tough. So it's like for her to be able to, like, walk down um, Joanna like that, it's – man, it's that's tough. I, I had Shashenko win the fight for the mere fact that she is a better grappler. She's better in the clinch. Um, but I-, I just think that if Joanna may have had more power behind those punches, I think we would have seen a different outcome. Oh, I think, um, I think like, if she
0: would have, she would have been in like rounds one and two, if Joanna would have been able to really put in her game plan and kind of land her strikes and kind of understand the weight class a little better. I definitely think she would have definitely, she would have won that fight. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I just think back to like round three where she was pressed up in the cage in the clinch and uh, she had a, it was, yeah, she was being pressed up in the, in the cage and like Joanna was getting pressed against the cage and she looked down and then. Fucking Valentina's knee came up and smashed her in the face, and Joe kid was like, "She is so flexible."
1: <laughs> oh, I know, and that knee was an absolute like, what was that like, uh what is that damn movie with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker when that foot Rush comes out. out of nowhere? Oh. That was one of those moments where like all of a sudden Joanne you know, is just looking there, and boom, knee comes up right to the face. I I I love that about Valentina because she could get you in that clinch and then she's she's figured out her limbs well enough and their flexibility to be able like oh I'm not just gonna hold you here I'm gonna put some work on you and and that that's it's really really nice really really nice I think the other thing too was like I liked uh, I think it was like round two you really saw Valentina upping her significant strikes. Every time, though, yolanda had an answer for it, uh, and so it was like it, it was very interesting. I like watching; they very evenly matched up. You could tell why this was a really good fight to watch, and the whole background with them in Muay Thai, and why yolanda really wanted to get this fight because of the fact that Valentina, what I think she beat her twice. I think she's got two wins over in, in Muay Thai because it 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 was it was nice it was a nice even as far as the strikes, but. Like you were saying, the moment Valentina got in the takedown, she, like we were saying in the chat last night, she's so smooth with it. It's it's like the moment she gets you down there, it's like, oh, okay, this is just how it's gonna happen. Um, I and the other thing with that spinning back ache earlier, when you're saying about throwing her on the other side of the ring, I gotta say that's gotta mess with Ioana a little bit because you can't plan to be just on the other side of the world out of nowhere you know just your, you're locked in there and then she puts you on the other side and because Ioana want to keeps coming in she's a really good pressure striker that's got to be something that that throws her off a little bit cuz Valentina almost like said yeah come in come in i want you to put that pressure on me cuz i have something like i think it was what round 3 when she got that front kick to the face to Ioana where she just put her toes in her mouth and was like hey there you go <laughs> Come on in. Come on in. I love that about her because it was like every time she let her come in a little bit, she was like, okay, let me let me go back out. She was like, she almost set a trap for her. Like, come in. Come in. I can do this too. Well, and I, I've been waiting. I love that. Post-fight. I love that
0: part. Yeah, yeah. during the post fight, um, uh, Joanna was talking about it. and I, I don't know if you saw it or not, Ghost, but Joanna was talking about how uh, Valentina just set traps. And every trap she set, Joanna fell into them and got punished for it.
2: Right. I did not catch that, but I it's it was pretty obvious, you know. Shevchenko, she was just man, she she was countering everything so perfectly. Like no matter Joanna no matter how much Joanna threw, it was the same thing. Like, like you guys saying like Joanna was you know, she kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. It was the same thing with Shevchenko. Like she was just comfortable, she had a very tight shell, hands were always high. Right. you know, and every time Joanna would boom, throw the one two, throw the one two, Shevchenko was answering, she was firing back twice as hard. That's so and for the fact that Joanna still kept coming forward, this is a lot about her heart because it's tough when, you, when you're when you throwing such a high volume and you're getting punished for it. That sucks.
1: Right. Well, I think the other thing, too, to keep in mind about Shevchenko is the fact of her how well like her performance against Holly Holm at, at what was it, 135. And then Holly Holm went up to 145 to fight for that. So I mean, you got to have some power to be able to to, to match somebody where that they're able to go up at that and she's now at this weight. So I mean, Shevchenko, I mean, when you watched uh, I remember watching some of her uh, her her training footage too and looking at her body. She looks in good fighting shape. Her muscle looks good. She has a really like her core looks very very it looks it's tight. It's tight. And I, I think that also helped too, is, is getting that. Uh, and I know wanna worked a lot on her w- weight training too.
0: Yo, I know yeah. that was
1: something I saw as Julie, well.
0: Julie's in love with uh, hmm. Valentina Shushchenko, if you guys don't know. I am.
1: I love that woman. <laughs> like, if she was like, I'd have to explain to my husband, like, what's going to happen when we run away together. But, you know, it's going to be fine, it's
0: going to be, be okay. Fine.
1: So yeah, whatever. Let's,
0: <laughs> let's hop over let's hop over to the main fight. This is the fight that I want to talk about. Ugh. Uh let's get into yes. Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. So this fight was ended in the fourth round. TKO, Doctor Stoppage. Let's 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 get your opinion, Justin, on
2: how you view this fight. I viewed this fight completely well, I'm not gonna say completely one sided. I thought it was very one sided. Uh, it went exactly how I predicted it to go, watching uh, Max grow as a striker. Watching Max grow as a striker, um, it, it, it it really would take the path that I, I, I predicted. Uh, Max went out there, and he just touched Ortega way too much. There was nothing that Ortega really could do at the at that point. Um, and you could tell he was in trouble. You really knew he was in deep water when he tried to pull guard. Um, being uh, you know in the MMA, you know, when guys pull guard, it's not a jiu-jitsu match. You know, so you knew he was in trouble. Um, Max did a phenomenal job transitioning from orthodox to southpaw, and I think that really uh, kept throwing off Ortega's game plan. It felt like every time that he would, you know, counter Holloway with a big two of his own or whenever he felt like he was dazing Holloway, Holloway would just switch stance, and all of a sudden that jab became a, a blazing two straight down the pipe. And everything that Holloway did, he did it strategically. He would throw the one-two, he was cutting the corner perfectly, and then Anytime he cut that corner, he wasn't taking pressure off. He would throw the one-two, cut the corner, boom, and then he's throwing another three, four, five punches right after that. Uh, i got to give it to Ortega. Crazy amount of heart. Crazy amount of discipline. Um, I was reading uh, one of his posts uh, earlier today. Broken nose. Uh, I believe he broke his thumb as well. He just kept coming forward, and honestly, I think, you know, and he, he agreed with, with the with the doctor stoppage. You know, he completely agreed with him, which I think, you know, says a lot about, you know, exactly how the fight was going. Right. But um, if the doctor wouldn't have stopped that fight, Ortega was going to go back out there for round five. Oh, yeah, and, he uh,
1: would have gone with his eye completely shut. He would have just kept going forward, like, just robotic, because he was not – he wouldn't have quit.
2: Yeah, so, I, I have mad respect for that, unfortunately. I, I just think he got outclassed.
1: Well, and it's
0: it's funny because like, I and this is like this is a testament to one Max, and this is also a testament to like the lightweight division, right? So looking at Brian Ortega, man, he was just dominating every single fighter as he was moving up, right? Because he was undefeated going into this fight, and going into this fight, he had just knocked out Frankie Edgar, and it was a big deal. We were all talking about it, and I was like to myself, I was like, well, yeah, I think Brian Ortega's got the got the height advantage on max because max always fights kind of short but when max came into this fight man he was bigger he was taller he was longer and i was like oh damn and then like it was just like hey, hey uh brian i'm just gonna give you this one two uh love 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 move cut the corner love love hook cut the corner love love Oh, you want to hit me too? Mm, okay.
1: Well, that was so- one thing that was very enjoyable was the fact that Max Holloway is a, is a high volume fighter, and when he's going, he's going to punch a lot. It's not oh, just going to be yeah. like one little like, but it's going to be a flurry. I mean, and it, uh, it that that right there was a clinic. Well, like, one like of my friends if had anybody
0: yeah, one of my friends was talking about it and he said, does Max Max ever knock out anybody? I was like, well, he knocked out Jose Aldo. I mean, he did it twice. I was like, but he right. never throws. He's not, and the thing about Max is you're right. He's not a one-hitter-quitter. He's going to throw punches in bunches and it's going to finish you by sheer blunt force trauma it's not one at one it's just a constant one two one two one two one 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 and you're just gonna eat those punches and eventually your head's like yo you know what hey guy i'm i'm done i don't want i don't want to do this no more right i don't think ortega
1: really really thought about um how many well maybe he did but he kept eating those punches like it was just that was like cereal like and and that's the one that yeah, snack time exactly. I think that's one of, like I was saying, that's one of the things that I, I enjoyed watching about that too. Is that of like that is, if anyone wants to know one way, if you're if you're not gonna definitively finish around or something, and you want to make sure them judges don't screw you over at all, you do shit like Max. You know, like you, you high volume. You make sure you're constantly doing that if you're a striker like that. In my opinion, because he never let him just. He never let him take a second to really almost breathe. It was like one, two, one. Like you were saying, the one, two, and the body shots and and, and the hooks. It was like I also thought what was interesting is that when he went for that guillotine, I was like, if he gets freaking Ortega out with a goddamn guillotine, I'm we're going as I I don't even know I don't even know what I would do. <laughs> but if that would have happened, like. I, my neighbors would have been like, you okay? It's really loud over there. Yes, I'm fine. You don't understand what happened. <laughs> it, you know? It, the that submission would have been shit. guy
0: got <laughs> submitted. It wasn't fair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, not even so much. I, honestly, I, fair, fair or not, if he could have pulled that off, that I, I mean, because I loved that one that uh, Ortega did on Cub Swanson when he was just hanging on him. Just yeah. hanging on him like a child. You know, like, Mom, like that right there. I, I love that because, I mean, watching – the moment he dropped into it, Cub was like, nope, get him off of me. I'm not wearing him like a necklace. And so uh, I was I, – i when he got – when he when he switched over to that and put that guillotine on, I was like, oh, if he slips out of that, and he, and he did, but, oh, uh, that, that would have been very interesting. I think a lot of people would have been writing a lot of interesting articles the next day about Max Holloway being able to pull that one off.
2: So in case you guys and didn't see, that's know – I- Go ahead, go ahead, Justin. That, that, that's what I like about Holloway is he, I think after he had landed so many significant strikes, he could have taken the fight to the ground and most likely could have been comfortable, but he knew that that's, that's where Ortega wanted to be. So I got mad respect for him. He, he played it smart. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? He's like, look, I'm I'm doing good on the feet. I'm going to keep it standing. You know, even when Ortega, he knocked it, or did knock him down, but Ortega went down, Holloway turned around, walked around, told him, nope, stand back up, finish getting his ass whooping. Let's go. Right. It shows catch, a lot of to catch too. The
0: smash. You're going to catch this smash. That's what you're going to do, okay? I'm going to hit the smash button. That's what I'm going to do. I got the smash orb for you guys who are uh, super smash fans out there. I got the smash orb and you're just going to eat all these punches. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys know, right? So the fight the fight bonuses that went out, right? So performance bonus uh or fight fight of the night went to uh Ortega as Ortega and Holloway. Uh, fight bonus. I think one of the performance bonuses went to Holloway, and I think the other one went to Nelson, if I remember right. So those guys ended up making, uh, I think, on top of the fight purse, uh, it was another hundred k for Max Holloway, and I think fifty k for Gunnar Jackson. I think is who pulled the other fight, the fight uh, performance bonus. Which I mean, those guys rightfully deserved it. I mean, there was only one submission for the whole night, and I think it was it was such a, a It was such a great fight card, you know, for some people who who always talk about like, oh, we don't we don't see any great fights, So that's why we don't pay for the UFC. Like they miss they miss it because they're like, well, they're just little guys. They're not heavyweights. If they're not heavyweights, I'm not watching. If it's not like heavyweight, I'm not watching. I'm like, dude, then you're missing great fights.
1: In general, there's a lot of butthurt fans just and that's the end of the sentence. Like, there's been times where you watch a a matchup and the fans start booing, like a a good grappling matchup. And they're on the ground and they're switching. They're pulling guard, different stuff, whatever. They're doing different things. And the crowd gets bored and they start booing. And you're like, come on, guys. Do you not understand what's happening right now? Like, this is actually pretty good. I, I know Rogan complains about that a lot, about the fans. I've I've heard him complaint on his podcast about the fans not understanding. Like, no, this is, this is part of the fighting game. Not everybody's gonna walk in and go, knock you out. Like that's after a while, that gets boring and redundant. There's more to the game. So I mean, in general, the the, the fans to me have been like butthurt. hurt, butt as hell lately. Well, is it is Just it okay?
0: Th- so, ghost, um, see you see see if you think what I'm thinking. Is it is it is it that fight fans? are just expecting like a knockout every time. Like back in the day when we had like Liddell, Griffin, uh Rashad Evans, Couture, like B J Penn, Matt Hughes, we had all these guys who were always looking to throw and knockout. Because even when you got guys like GSP, GSP wouldn't really knock a guy out. He would beat a guy, and he would do it in a crazy fashion. Anderson Silva only had a few knockouts in the UFC. Like, he TKO'd a bunch of people, but as far as, like, getting that flash knockout, it, it wasn't very often, man. So is it, is it that old-school UFC fans have got spoiled, or maybe they moved on, and the new fans are expecting to see what the old UFC used to be like, or they just don't understand the evolution of the game? What, do you, what would you think is a contributing factor to this?
2: Honestly, what I think it is, uh, at, at, you know, to I got to bring him up, you know, uh, when, you, when you're talking about this subject. It's, it's kind of like when people watch Floyd Mayweather fight, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to see like the big Mike Tyson knockouts, and they get mad when they see Floyd Mayweather go out there and technically destroy people, somebody for 12 rounds. It's the same thing. The problem is you have a lot of these people who go to these big UFC events, and a vast majority of them have never stepped foot on a map before in their lives. They don't understand you know when, when people are on the mat when they when they're on the canvas it's a jujitsu you know it's a, it's a game of, of, of chess they don't understand it they don't understand how long it takes you know for the, you know in between rounds you know for uh, fighters to fill each other out and you know how the, the fight progressively picks up in intensity they don't understand how physically draining it is being out there so when you get these you know 200 plus heavyweights out there that are dying, in the third or fourth round, but they're somehow still standing, and now they're getting booed. The fans don't understand. They don't understand the the technical portion of it. Well, at least, uh, I'm not going to say all fans, but a lot of the fans don't understand the technical portion of it. They don't understand how Taxing it is on the body. They don't understand how mentally draining it is. These fighters, and I know it happens to me too, you get these huge adrenaline dumps. You know what I'm saying? Like you're backstage, you're listening to freaking Wu Tang Clan, there's fucking 50 Cent or some shit. You know what I'm saying? You're ready to go. And then you step in the cage, you hear that metal click behind you, and it's just like, oh fuck, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And now all of a sudden it feels like you're standing in, in, in fucking cement. Fight right. the, the, the fans don't understand that they just want to see their expectations they want to see somebody get knocked out they want to see somebody get put to sleep they don't care about the science behind it and that, that's something that it, it, it really irritates me and it's I, I gained more respect for it you know once i started you know fighting because i did i want i was like yo somebody needs to throw a fucking head kick that's why i want to see a head kick you know what i'm saying but then i started learning like dude you yeah, got got these guys going out there throwing fucking kicks, and when that kick gets checked, that shit fucking hurts. So now I'm like, okay, I understand why you don't want to throw a kick anymore. I feel for you. I feel your pain. You know, and that's that's what I think the problem is. I think it's just you know a lot of guys they don't understand the science behind it. They don't understand what really goes into it. They don't understand you know the 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 mental side of the game. You know, um, you got you know drunk fans in the audience yelling you know yeah. random shit cage you got your coach you know yelling a million and one things at you so it's like and then you got your your natural instinct you know your 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 mind is telling you to do one thing your coach is telling you to do another and you got some fucking schmuck 50 rows back booing and yelling random shit at you you know it's 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 just hard you know it's, it's tough
1: right that, that's why. throw the head kick
0: like, dude, right. I'm like, right. I'm on the other side of the octagon, man. I'm not throwing a head kick from fucking <laughs> 12 movement, feet away.
1: Head <laughs> movement, head movement, head movement, head movement. But, like, but, yeah, honestly, like, uh, as, as someone that's not been on the mat but has been friends with a lot of people that has been, that, that's what irritates me as a fan watching other fans. When you watch them just, like, Brah, and you're like, dude, come on, like, watch see what's happening do you understand how hard they train for this moment it's not just going to end as soon as they come in it's almost like the the as a wrestling fan the wwe aspect of it like there's that that show show person part of it that some of the fans doesn't get that it's not always going to be there i go i like to call it the mcgregor factor like that that part of that showmanship crap that came with it um a lot of that Got a lot of fans to be like oh let's let's go let's go let's go let's go let's go and they don't take the time to learn anything about who the fighters are what they bring to the table even go outside the UFC maybe watch like Invicta or watch anything with it like I like watching Eddie Bravo stuff you know what I mean it's they don't take that time they don't understand any of that so that that booing that happens is it gets really annoying really 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 annoying because you're like like you're as a fighter, you're saying it. That there, that there's a. It's not. It's it's like they almost don't appreciate what's going on. It's at funny all.
0: that you bring up to Eddie Bravo, right? Because I am a huge fan of like the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world. Like Ghost and I are huge fans of wrestling. Like obviously we've been into college. We've we've watched a college game. I wrestled in college. Um, but one of my good friends who actually fights in Eddie Bravo he's fought in the last two actually. Uh quick Nick Constein. He actually won it two years ago. He got third place this last year. Um oh, sweet. but yeah, yeah. So it's it's I love the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Cause I mean it's just it's very one of my one of my old coaches in Hawaii, his name's Richard Dela Reyes, he used to he fought in the Bell Tour. Um he used to always say there's um there's a count there's a move and a counter and a counter for every move. And a move for every counter. He's like, so you always have to be weary of what you're what you're doing and you gotta know the game plan. And just like in wrestling, right? If you shoot for a takedown and the guy sprawls and you try to finish the takedown, somebody there's gonna be a counter to that shot. And there's a great thinking aspect of it. The psychological factor that you have on a mat, on the ground, or wherever, it just doesn't matter. It's huge and like you know, having fans not really understand that because they're all like, you know, and and maybe they're watching YouTube and they see, like, great highlights and they're like, I want to see the highlight. Or, I just got done watching these... I just got done watching these two punk 16-year-old street fight and that's what I want to see. I didn't pay to see uh, the science of fighting. I want want guys just bleeding. (laughs) You know, and it's like, dude, like, you have to understand the basic fundamentals of just any aspect of the sport, right? Whether it's wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, uh, Sambo, it really doesn't matter. It has to be, you have to understand something of what's going on and what's either being taken away or being led to be given. And if you're not, you're not paying attention to fight like that, you're missing the bigger picture.
1: Right, right, right. I think you're also um, kind of doing yourself a disservice because – you're you're missing out on a larger part of the entire thing.
3: That's you, usually,
0: yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So oh, okay,
2: okay, all right, guys. I'm sorry, I gotta cut it right here. Get hey, out ghost, of here
0: before you take off. Let them know that they can find you on um in the social media world.
2: Hey guys, so you guys can find me on Twitter at ghostgh Gh0st. MMA155, and uh, on Instagram at ghostghost.155. Um, you guys follow me. I'll be keeping you up to date with some upcoming fights. Hopefully some big news coming for January. I've already started my weight cuts, so it would suck ass to not be able to get the fight. So would uh, you guys do me a favor, follow me. Uh, any uh, support is greatly appreciated, man, Cliff, and I, I, I really appreciate you, man.
0: Hey, no, thank you, man, just for joining on. Uh, Actually, I forgot to tell you, too, Guy Says What's Up. I don't know if you remember Guy Essman. But he wanted me to I do, I I. do. Tell him I said
2: what's up.
0: Yeah, let him know. All right. Well there he goes. There goes Ghost. Uh you guys can't catch him on Yeah. (laughs) You guys can catch him uh anytime. Uh he's always on Instagram. He's always posting up new stuff as well as Twitter. So it's great having him on the air. Uh Julie, we can continue this conversation. Uh one thing that I did want to get into was uh the status of where we see Max Holloway. As in in the in a in the, the one forty five division, like you know, one thing Dana mentioned was that he considered him to be one of the goats. I don't he I don't know if he really ever said that he thought he was a goat only because of like someone like Conor McGregor. Yeah, well, yeah, I Mano, mean, Dana's as well so as far off his ass. Well, it us be real because Dana Dana was the guy who took this promotion up to a whole new level. So yeah. at the one forty five division, though, Max, Aldo. And McGregor would be his three top three favorite fighters, it seems, in there. So if we were to take those three, obviously we know Aldo has been beaten twice by Max as well as gotten beaten by Conor. But in his prime, he probably would have put up a different fight. So what would you think the Max Holloway of now versus the prime of uh, Conor and the prime of uh, Jose Aldo would have been?
1: Trying to think about that. I'm a big fan of Max just in general. Like I remember what was the day with him and Connor and he was like talking about what what did the Connor win? And uh once uh Holloway got the belt, he made a point to uh to call out about how he uh he had lost that fight or some crap like. That. Can't remember how that one went. But uh when it comes to Max Holloway, right now when you I We had talked about him being on the GOAT status. I'm a big fan of Max. I think that when you look at a lot of his stats, what's up? Because I had a thing up. He's on a 13-14 win streak right now, nine of them being KOs. Um, And his significant strikes are insane. Uh, He's fifth right now for pound for pound. And I think, honestly, there's an argument for him being moved up. Um, If you were to compare Uh, that kind of... Stood out to me, right, is that Max Holloway has
0: lost a fight in the last five years. And I don't, I don't, That's not something that Conor McGregor can say, even though Connor is no. a two, two division champion. But, you know, Jose Aldo, you know, also had a very lengthy streak himself. But yeah. I think what separates Max from everybody else is that Max is still young, Max is still growing, and Max is still learning. And we saw that in the Ortega fight that he took a whole year off. Right. And he was supposed yeah. to fight and I get it that he was supposed to fight and he had his concussion like issues, yeah, 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 yeah. But now that he's back, you can see clearly like this Max Holloway is, is just a force to be reckoned with. And we if we bump him up ten pounds and put him up into one fifty fives, not only is he gonna hold his own, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't put it past that he holds that that division title. I don't I don't see him not being right. a lightweight champion.
1: Well, I think also, well, there was that little bit of discussion around the fight about whether or not Max was going to stay in that weight class, which I don't understand why that was it. I know a little bit was because of the, the the health issues that last fight when he was supposed to fight Ortega, which has nothing to do with weight cutting, but you know how people are. But I liked after the fight how he made a point to say, does anybody else have anything you know, or something to that effect? Um I think we get one more title defense out of out of Matt. I think there's a very, very sound argument for him in the GOAT status. Because he's got one title, I think, but this one other title defense. And I think if he gets another one or they throw Connor at him, because I'd love to see that one. I'd love to see the two of them punch each other in the face. Cause I don't you know, every Connor likes to rely on his left and blah 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 blah. But I like we were talking earlier, that high volume stuff. That high volume shit out of Max. I don't know if Connor can handle that shit. You know what's funny and to I me think,
0: because um it, it it's funny how you said throw throw Connor at him. Um it 'cause Connor always talks about he's like, you know, I'm Irish and I'm tough and blah 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 and it was something said in the middle of the fight with Brian Ortega where Brian Ortega has said in an interview that if all else fails, he's going to rely on the toughness of his Mexican blood, and that's what's going to get him through the fight. And Joe Brogan was like, I don't know if he knows this or not, but Max Holloway is Hawaiian. So between Hawaiian fighters and Mexican fighters, the right. toughness factor is a wash. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's the same Sorry thing buddy. with Conor. Conor's going to be the same way where Connor's going to throw punches. He's going to throw his, his oblique kick. You know, he's gonna rely yeah. heavy on that left hand. But you know, Max he so the last time these guys fought, Max was twenty one years old and yeah. not to not to caveat this though, uh Max fought Connor when Connor had a torn ACL. So, that's kind of like the huge ordeal about this. So, I think move move up a couple years to where we see where Max is now. I think, one, we have a whole different fighter. And two, if Conor is the guy that wants to fight uh, Max Holloway next, I think we're going to see a a whole different factor of what that fight was versus what it's going to be. And I think Max Holloway is going to be the guy that's going to be like, hey... I, I know Connor's a big name fight. I'm just gonna put him out, and that's just what I want to do. You know, not just right. like, and not a, and not a Khabib finish, not a Nate Diaz finish. It's Connor. It's Connor getting Floyd Mayweathered by yeah. Max Holloway. It will be a,
1: like it will be that like striking clinic, and that's that's why I said it'd be like a high volume bunch of flurry one twos coming at him that he just wasn't ready for. I mean that Mayweather fight you. He wasn't ready for it. He talked such a big dang game, but then when he was getting licked in the face a bunch of times cause he didn't he didn't really fully prepare himself for, for that much consistency. And yeah. I think that's the thing that Max has, is he's not just gonna lull down and be like, one, two, wait a little while, walk around, switch my stance up, maybe try a kick a little bit, walk around. Move a little. No, he's constantly coming at you with something. And I think those kind of fighters, Connor's not ready for.
0: No, and it's a, it's a barrage and, thing. And it's yeah. funny because like I, a lot of fighters like, and you'll hear it in other in other podcasts I talk about right. Uh, a lot of these fighters are like tsunamis, right? You never, yeah. you never get blasted. There's there's a rare occasion where you get blasted with the first one, and the first one puts you down, right? But Other fighters, it's this constant wave. Yeah, you made it through the first one. Yeah, you kinda made it through the second one. You don't look so strong in the third one. Come to the fourth one, you're really, really struggling. And the fifth one kinda finishes you off. Like it's just that constant barrage of like you getting hit after wave after wave after wave and you just can't you're not handling it. And I think Max is one of those fighters and we see that all the time. I mean look at Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo was considered the greatest one forty five Bound Fighters, he fought Max, and Max was just wave after wave after wave after wave. Bam. Aldo went down. I saw with Brian Ortega last night. Brian Ortega was the same exact way: Uh, Wave after wave after wave after wave. wave. Bam. Doctor Stoppage. And I think even in the fifth round, it would have been in the
1: fifth round. Oh, yeah. It would have just been more of the same of this, that consistent of Max moving forward. One, two one, two, kick. Okay. one, two, one, two, three. Like, just that consistent. Like, I loved watching it, Um, just how often his arms move at you. I think that's the other thing, too, He's like, take it out, even if he doesn't land them, even if he doesn't land the shot, you don't have a moment. No. And I think that's something that would uh, also mess with Connor, is oh, not yeah. having a moment to think. Cause he likes to be like he likes to pull back and 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 set himself up and then come in, and if he doesn't have that moment to to step back and set himself up to come in at you because you're consistently coming at at him, I I think it be that, that that it would just overwhelm him. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm like, it, yeah, please throw please throw McGregor at Holloway. I'd like to see that fight now at their age now. You know and what's funny though, is that
0: the first person to now. call out Max Holloway was actually Tony Ferguson. He said, Why don't you come up to one fifty five and fight me? And uh it's I'd watch that. I would I would most definitely watch El Kakui Yeah. <laughs> Versus Max, the blessed one. It definitely <laughs> right. is a fight I want to see. Uh, I will, yeah,
1: it, I don't give a crap even if, if it's just in the back alley. Like, like I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it, Yo, well, I, Let's watch the two I and don't need punch no each referee.
0: other. Let me check this out. Uh, right, hey, right. so Let's 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 kind of move past this card, right? So obviously, one's yep, yep. kind of finished up, um, and we do have a little bit of time left, and we do have a fight card coming up, December fifteenth we have the UFC yeah, on Fox. We have Lee versus Quinta, 2, which is going to be an amazing fight. And it actually the whole card is pretty well stacked. But more importantly, the four fights that are going to be on uh Fox themselves. Uh you have Jane you have Jim Miller versus Charles Oliveira. We have yeah. Rob Font versus Sergio Pettis. We have Edson Barboza versus Dan Hooker. And then we have Kevin Lee versus Al-, Al Quinta. So out of those four fights that are coming up on the Fox card, which one is the one card that you're like looking forward to the most?
1: Oh, Al. Al and Lee. Yeah, I, I want to watch Kevin and Al. Watching Al go the distance with Habib. And I even love that like, he knew he didn't have it. But man, did that show you how freaking tough he is? He is no joke, and I I, I want to see this matchup again. I li- I'm really looking forward to watching this the second the second bout around. I want to see what happens between the two of them. Yeah, so because uh, I, I, um... I I I was mad about Kevin. He's young. He's cocky. I mean, yay, he's you know the Motown. I'm from you know the Metro Detroit areas. Woo! But like that cocky shit can can annoy me really quick. But he he kind of cooled it a little bit. I think he got humbled. And now he's more worrying about his fighting. So I'm like, yes. I want to watch the two of you punch each other in the face. And if you look, it's, it's even except in reach. I think Kevin's got like a 7-inch reach advantage. Which, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be very interesting. When yeah, you've got I mean, like an arm... <laughs>
0: Yeah, the last time they fought, um, it was it was that reach advantage that was kind of like, the dis- it was like the deciding factor, wasn't it? I can't remember the last time what how that card finished out. Did I think yeah, Did Al Al won that fight by decision. But yeah, Kevin yeah, Lee has was like a freak of nature. But no, Al, you were definitely right about the toughness of Al uh, in quinta Uh He took that fight against Khabib. With like less than 24 hours notice, and he was only training for a three-round fight, so it was yeah. unexpected for him to step up and have to fight Khabib. But he did it with no problem, and he 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 did. He hanged it, banged, in there with uh, with Khabib. And I think if you know, I'm I'll be honest, man. If if Khabib, if he was training a full eight weeks for the Khabib fight, uh, that fight might have gone a different way. That fight definitely Yeah, it, it's
1: a good argument. It's a good argument because there's not a lot of people that's been able to take him, take a beat like that. And yeah. Al did, and Al showed a lot of people like, hey, don't count me out. And I loved at the end of that fight when they were announcing for Habib, and you just look at Al and he's beat the shit, and he's like making that one number one. Like I, he got that little fucking smile, even though he knew he lost. That little bit of like, yeah, I love that attitude. That what I like about him because he's tough as shit. He took the fight quick. He, I, I like the fighters like that. Like uh, Sometimes it's bad for them like Cowboy uh, Cerrone. He's always freaking fighting and you want to be like sit down. Sit down. Child sit down. You're going stop to hurt yourself. Take it. a break child. Yeah like what is it like? I'm going to go spelunking and then I'm going to go jump in a cave and then I'm going to go fight. Oh you need another fighter? Oh you need another fight? Two weeks from now you're like dog you can sit. Um, but I, like I said, I loved at the end of that fight with Habib when he just like, oh yeah, and you're like, damn Al, you are a tough some bitch. So I, I'm looking forward to that matchup specifically. The the whole card on on Yes uh, Fox is good. I like Jim Miller. I like to watch Edson Barboba, Bar- Barboza. I'm a, I like the Pettis's, but specifically that main event is is something I'm looking looking forward to.
0: So just really quick, we want to welcome on the air, Anthony Lu Lujan. How's it going, sir?
3: What's up, everybody? How are you guys? As you can tell, my voice is still not back completely, and I just got home, so... I am going to jump on and there's this podcast out with you guys.
0: Yeah, so the one thing I want to let you guys know, too, is that Lou has been fighting a virus. Uh, he is coming around. He's getting a little better. It's just, it's taking a lot of time. We did talk about it last week a little bit, that he had an illness. So we're going to try to keep him at a minimum, just kind of let him know. But I know that uh, he's also excited about this fight card coming up on Fox, where, uh, you know, Jim Miller, Charles Oliveira, we mentioned Rob Fox. Ralph uh versus Sergio Pettis. We talked about the Edson Barbosa, Dan Hooker, as well as the Kevin Lee and Alec Quinta fight. Uh, me, personally, I'm excited about Edson Barbosa. I don't know of a guy in the UFC who is able to deliver the leg kicks at the force and speed that oh, he lands them at. I mean, they're I mean, and, so and, and it's, devastating. You know, it's so crazy to me. The only thing I think about is Terry Edmond. Every time I mm-hmm. hear Edson Barbosa's name, instantly I think of Terry Edmond and that spinning heel kick that just ended his night. And I'm like, yo, that wheel kick, it it hurt. Like he starched Terry Edmond at a moment's notice and that was it. Like he and he walked away from it. He was just like, Yep, yeah, that's this is what happens. I was
3: like, Oh, this,
0: right. this is so
3: gross. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm gonna jump in real quick here. The first thing I'm gonna say is is that this card is gonna be good. Kevin Lee's first MMA fight in the, or first UFC fight was against uh, Al, and uh, he's become more rounded. Um, but I came in here and all I heard the very first thing I heard was somebody say Donald Cerrone, sit down. Hell no. <laughs> Donald Cerrone, get on
1: this card. Oh no, no, no! I'm just talking. I was saying about how he's constantly wanting to do, and sometimes, uh, sometimes he maybe wants to sit down in between fights. But no, I understand. I I will always watch him fight. I don't care if he gets if he's fine with getting and losing and getting his head beat off. I will always watch Cerrone fight. He's a fun so, fight to, fighter yeah, to watch. And,
0: and I think too. What and Donald is Cerrone. Me, right, the one thing I think for me is that. Uh, and Dana kind of touched on this with the Brian Ortega fight, right? He said the same thing. He said that sometimes there are fighters in the industry that are too tough for their own good and don't know... When it's time to like, hey, take a rest or shut it down. And Donald Cerrone is one of those guys that that's, take that's a fight. pretty much oh, what I, I mean. Took, I took I took minimal damage in that last fight. I'll take another fight two weeks later. I may not win that fight, but I'll take that fight too. And Donald Cerrone is a guy's like, and you know, it's it was something that Julie was mentioning was. Uh, I'm going to go splagunking, and I'm going to go cave diving, and I'm going to go swim with a shark, and I'll take that fight, and then I'm going to go ride my motorcycle, I'm going to go drift this car, and I'm going to get in a wrestling (laughs) match with a bear, and I'll take that fight too, and and that's Don Rosaroni's mindset.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, you want to live the life to the fullest, whatever, dude, do you.
3: (laughs) No, hands down. I'm I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you shit, Julia. Um, No, you're good. You're good, man. I definitely, a huge Cerrone fan. I love the way he lives his life. That's, that's pretty much how I live. A lot of my stuff that I do. Full force, full steam. That's all me and Cliff have ever known. I've known Cliff since we were seventh graders and we've always went full, full steam ahead. And that's, but that's why I like Donald. I really wish he that they'd get him a fight really quick because he, uh, his last fight, he, he won in the first round. He, uh,
1: Oh, he was fantastic, his last fight. Um,
3: who did he fight? Um,
1: oh, his last, uh, you're talking about a Cowboy? Uh, so, yeah, Cowboy. Yeah, so his last fight, I believe that was the Mike Perry. Wasn't it Mike Perry? Yeah, was was Mike, Mike Perry. Perry fight. Yeah. yeah, and the thing that I liked about that, too, is you saw at the end when he had his kid and he was talking about how he had something to fight for i'm like oh y'all better sit down cowboy's freaking here for it
3: yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. I'm, on the, I'm super super excited because he's 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 fresh he's healthy he he won in the first round he didn't take much I mean, he didn't take a, a few shots so i'm excited to see that but going back to this card that that's how Al is. Al is the same way. So I'm coming, come, hitting the tail end of that conversation is, is Al, Al's going gonna to finish this fight, And then less than too much later, he's going to step up and say, I'll go on a day's notice.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. Right, he'll right, right. That That's why that. it was interesting with the Habib thing where he was just like, yeah, here I am. And then how we took him the full five. That's why I said, Al's a tough son of a bitch to be able to do that. You got some, you got some cojones to be able to just be like, fuck it, whatever. I'm here. Let's go. Clang and bang, bitches.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and it goes back to talking about Al and his toughness, man. We talked about the Khabib. It was 24-hour notice that he was to step into a five-round fight. And they tried to offer that fight to, like, three other people. And Well, I think,
1: what was it, Paul Felder, like really really tried to get on that fight if i'm correct but they just wouldn't let him
0: yeah and was it michael Cheesel? he got pulled off the fight because he got injured because of the the dolly and then the next thing we saw was uh showtime was asked to step in he was trying to he missed weight by like 0.3 pounds and then they so the new york state athletic commission said no he's not gonna fight they tried to give the fight to another person but the New York Athletic Commission came down and said, that guy's not ranked, he's not allowed to fight for the title. So he said, fine, and then that's when Al Quinta uh, stepped up for the fight. And it it goes to now why why the UFC has a third fighter, because uh, Miracano was signed to be the, the backup fighter for that fight in case something happened. So Miracano was going to fight for the title um, if something had happened between either uh Ortega or Max Holloway if they had missed weight so just it just goes to show that now the UFC learned their lesson about what happens in New York so now they have this third fighter always ready to go in case something
3: happens yeah. well yeah the, they started this whole third fight when it went with Kumar Usman he was he was training he raided in the same day the last Kobe Covington fight just in case Kobe and whoever I don't remember who Kobe that 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 fight, but in case any of them missed weight, he, he or wasn't able to go. He trained. He was their third. Um so yeah, uh Dana Waite started that with uh with uh um Kumar Usman.
0: Yeah, and I'm just saying it was like a good lesson for them to learn based on the, the actions that happened back in March with uh yeah. the Kabib incident. Speaking of which, like I, I know this is a this is a UFC. Um podcast but this was something I kind of wanted to bring up because it kind of intertwines both worlds so in the WWE side there's this female her name's Becky Lynch she got her face broken by accident by this girl named Nia Jax that's not what I want to talk about there's a specific thing I want to talk about so there was a tweet that she had put out talking about how she's tougher than Conor McGregor and so Connor was joking like hey if you need backup give me a give me a heads up and so she tweeted back at to him. She's like, "We're only we're only brothers and sisters by Irish blood. There's nothing between us. Uh, but I do know that if I ever get in trouble, I will contact you because I know how fast you can get from New uh, from Ireland to New York. Because I've seen that. It was reported by another podcast, right? So uh, Russell Talk was the guys that reported it, and they they made the connection between that tweet,
1: and Wrestlemania. Um, oh, so, yeah. There was, a, if I'm correct, didn't it say something about, like, I hear um, New York's nice in the springtime, or something like that. I yeah, believe but, uh, Becky had said yeah, something yeah. to and, that effect. To, to and Conor. then Conor
0: was like, yeah, Connor <laughs> came back and said, hey, I'll, uh, if you need backup in New York, let me know. And she's like, well, I know yeah. how quick you can get there. So they yeah, reported it about it. the Wrestlemania event. And I was like, I, I actually tweeted out at Luke Owens, and I was like, I don't think you understand what she meant. And so I went through the Khabib situation about how, you know, Otrov uh, was uh, talking shit to Khabib. Khabib yeah. slapped him. He called. So Otrov called uh, Connor. Connor flew in with his friends in less than 24 hours and it threw a damn dolly through the bus. And uh, he never got back to me on that. But I would imagine that they read it and they're like, oh, 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 yeah, that's what. Happened. Yeah, I
1: don't. There, there are some, some because us with the the whole watching wrestling as well. Yeah, I think there's some fans that don't put that connection because they don't know about it. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, could you? Would it be fun as a WWE fan to see McGregor there? Yeah, I mean, shit, whatever. Pull. They keep dragging out the same damn people over. You know, got Brock Lesnar. He's interchangeable anymore. Whatever, you know. But, uh, it, yeah, I don't think a lot of people take take that into consideration about yeah. the whole uh, how he flew out there and pulled some high-level garbage. I feel bad, too, about that because I know Nama Yunes was going through uh, counseling and stuff post post that incident, and, and that's, like, that's shitty. You know, like, whatever, y'all can fight. I don't give a shit so much if you guys got a problem, but I, I feel bad for the fact that she was on that bus and it messed with her.
0: Because well, a lot yeah, of people, I mean, uh, well, yeah, but actually, I mean, like, I know she, <laughs> Anthony, she, Anthony, she, Anthony, and, Anthony and I's favorite joke is uh, Michael Bisbee, where he was just like, uh, he said, "I'm one and zero against chairs." But and if you guys didn't know, uh, Michael Bisping and Michael Cheesel were on a set together, and Michael Bisping almost fell off the stage in a rolling chair. But he said, uh, "I'm one and zero against chairs." But this man is zero and
1: one against dollies. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's Yo, great. It was wild. But yeah, yeah, the whole thing was ridiculous. Like I said, you know, there's it was such a. You know, it was a fuckball mess, but like I said, I, I feel bad that people miss fights on that one. But, yeah, I, like like you're saying, I don't think that was taken into consideration about, well, no, it's not because New York is where WrestleMania is. It's because that's where Connor pulled some shit, and that's where they played... They got the, probably the best PR footage they could have ever gotten from the Conor McGregor-Habib fight because, God damn, did they just replay that over and over again. Yeah, we, I don't know how, why they thought that Habib wasn't going to pull the shit after the fight that he did uh-oh. after constantly replaying that freaking dolly going through there and the shit that was going down. I'm like, once you saw him like do that eagle kick out of the cage at <laughs> Dylan at the end of the fight, you're like, duh. Yeah, that yeah p- Kept playing this shit. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I think it's um, MMA World. I think it's through them or whatever. There's that shirt where it it's be- the silhouette of Habib and it's got the eagle wings on it. Yes. I'm like, I fucking need that shirt.
0: It's just, it's just funny to me, right? So like, we made this connection right now where we talked about Max Holloway to uh, this this fight card coming up. Right, Quinta taking the fight on short notice against Khabib, which ultimately led to Conor, which led to Becky Lynch talking about it, and then to, uh, tomorrow we're gonna find out what the punishment is for the Khabib and Conor McGregor situation. Right, oh, so yeah, the handouts shit, gonna come out. We'll right. find out about the suspensions. Anthony, how would you no, That's going to be interesting. What do, you, what do you predict? What do you predict will be with uh, the hand downs from the Conor McGregor, Khabib suspension based on the situation that happened in New York?
3: I literally think Conor is going to get off with my probably 6 month suspension if that. I fully intend that they're going to strip Khabib of that title. They're going to suspend him for almost uh, for a full year. If, if if he's ever allowed to go back to Nevada, um,
0: was that Nevada or was that New York? Oh, it was not Nevada? You're right. You're right.
1: Never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nevada's the one that's Nevada. dropping the hammer down on him. Talk now. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that about them giving Connor Connor a more uh, leaner sentence, and and them just like, oh, I don't. You know, F- you I don't mean, think
0: Connor gets suspended though. Like 100% no, I, don't. because I, I. I. He didn't do anything. If he, gets anything, he was, it's gonna. Hmm? He didn't. He didn't do anything. Saying? He was in a. He was in an octagon, and a guy jumped the fence and punched him from behind. Like right. Conor didn't throw a
3: punch. Khabib, on the other hand, like no, 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 no. no. Conor threw a punch. Conor hit his coach. Conor hit the, hit his coach when Conor jumped on the, jumped on top of that fence. Oh, did he? Oh.
0: Oh, shit. I, I just remember that. seeing Habib flying out of the cage. Well, yeah. The, honestly, that's all,
1: that's all I remember. Habib get on top of that <laughs> that that cage, and then all of a sudden, Dylan run in his mouth, and then just seeing an eagle fly down like a beautiful, majestic bird. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband and I were watching that. I was like, "What the shit's happening?" Like, so I said, "I want this shirt." Like, I fully intend on if, uh, having my friends and family listen to this podcast. And if you do, that shirt, Christmas, it's coming. Santa, let's do it. I <laughs> want dope.
3: it. I yeah. want that fucking True. shirt. family, <laughs> me. mean, send it to me too. Yes, right? yes.
1: We all need the shirts. <laughs> we all need the shirt.
0: I wear, I wear a medium husky. <laughs> I'm, I'm straight back give me an xl oh
1: <laughs> uh, that's great yeah i just yeah, think that would
0: be 50 first dates every time someone asks me my shirt size is i tell them it's a, i wear a medium husky
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh man i haven't seen that. all <laughs> right
0: yeah. so uh next week guys We'll get back on. We're going to talk more about the the fallout of the Conor McGregor-Khabib uh, situation. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the the UFC Fox fight card. And then, oh my goodness, you guys. If you have not been excited, UFC 232 happening December 29th. It will happen. I'm it's going to be so, so hype. We have Alexander Gustafson. Alexander John Jones. We have... Uh, Chris Cyborg, we have Amanda Nunes, we have Carlos Condit, Michael Chiesl, Chad Mendes, Alexander Van- Vanowski, uh Andre Evlasy, Kat Zagano, BJ Penn, Uriah oh, yeah. Hall. So yeah. many names that are going to be on UFC 232. So I'm oh, yeah, about was it? About uh, this. So La next TV week versus
1: Corey Anderson, I believe <laughs> is on that card too, yes. right? Oh, so oh,
0: next God. week um, we'll cover we'll cover uh, this past fight. Which would have been Fox, and then we'll talk more about the UFC 232 uh, Jones versus Gustafson fight. So, uh, Julie, go ahead and give out your uh, your plugs and let people know where they can find you.
1: Okay, I don't have really too many. It's the only one I'm giving up Instagram want on join in the fight of becoming a less fat person. I'm uh, my Instagram handle is a uh, a little less jubaka. The uh, the like the letter A, the word little the word less and then the word chewbacca take the word chewbacca say, switch out chew put the word jew uh it's where you can find me at motivate uh, kind of motivating people to get off their ass so if you want to get off your ass and move come find me
0: yeah what did you say 60 you
1: pounds down hmm?
0: yeah 60 pounds down
1: yeah 60 pounds down so far so if you uh if you're if you're lazy and a nerd and just need somebody else to 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 empathize with and sympathize with, come find me. I don't like doing burpees and I bitch about it a lot. Let's rage <laughs> out together.
0: <laughs>
3: All right, and Anthony, where can we find you? All right. Um, sorry about that. Um, so a couple things. First off, so my Snapchat and my Twitter are both the same: a lujan, L-U-J-A-N one nine eight five uh anthony lujan1985 on instagram i do want to give a little lincoln love out here real quickly um mistaken played saturday unfortunately as you guys can hear i am still battling this virus that i've had for four weeks um i didn't make it out but they have an upcoming show in a couple weeks make sure that if you're listening to this and you're in the lincoln area get your asses out there and check her out also my boy from another mother dwight joseph he is Try right now training at uh, Uriah Hall's greatest gym. He's been out there for a couple of years. He is fighting January 5th out there in Cali, I believe. Um, so I'm going to give a Dwight a shout out. I will probably try to get Dwight to get on one of our podcasts before he leaves or uh, before his next fight to promote that fight.
0: Yeah, oh, Awesome, man. It would be definitely great. Um, you guys can find me, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. It's all the same. At CM underscore Miller 85. You guys can also find myself, Anthony, and Julie uh, attached to both uh, Get the KO, just like you're listening to right now, Franken Culture. And you can also catch us on Frankensteiner, where we talk about WWE. So if you guys are huge wrestling fans, you guys can catch us there. Um, And probably here in in the. in 2019, which is God, man, it's only a month away. Um, in 2019, <laughs> sometime in 2019, uh, we'll probably be launching another podcast uh, with Franken Culture. Uh, it's just going to be kind of like a, a life one, so experiences, more like life experiences. So you guys might be able to catch us on there as well. Uh, if that's something that we decide to do, if it's something you guys want to hear, go ahead and comment uh, and just add any of us. And we'll, uh, we'll listen to you and we'll see what we can talk about. Uh, for that, uh, for Julie, for Lou, for myself, this was Get the KO. Guys, let them know. Tell them bye.
1: Bye, everybody.
3: Make sure you listen to us on our WWE podcast, The People's Elbow. That's what's up. <laughs> and as always, good
0: night and good